This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to The Reel Down on Battle and Fin with your hosts, Dan Perry and Jimmy Skinner, where we talk about everything in tournament kayak fishing. Here we go. Hey everybody, uh, welcome back to the show. It's another Monday night here on The Real Down on Paddle and Finn. How you What's doing? What's up? I'm, I'm making it, man. It's Monday. It's been a really, really Monday, Monday. I'm ready for it to be over with. What about you? Good. A little sunburn, a little bit of a sinus thing going on, but it'll be all right. I had a catch fish this weekend. Life is good. Still above ground. So, How'd you fish and go this weekend? Terrible, terrible. We fished on this. I'll, I'll talk, you know, it's, we had like 35 people on our little local trail, which is a lot for us, but the in Iron City, but like somebody had 24 and a half, somebody had 20, my buddy Chuck had 23 and a half, but like nine out of 36 people had fish. So it's like you either caught a couple and I think only three people had two fish. So it's like, at uh Bibb County Lake, yeah, aren't you? Yeah, man. It's either you catch a big or you don't catch anything. So. It, it's like a, I don't want to say hidden gem. I mean, everybody knows about it if you're in our state that Bibb County's got just huge fish. But yeah. it's like what you just said for most people I talk to. It's like a 10-pounder or nothing at all. Yeah. There's like six fish swimming around in that lake. That's it. Yeah, and you're just rotating those <laughs> yeah. six big fish. But, yeah. Well, before we get... Yeah. Too far into it. Uh, we're going to throw up a little graphic here about the Paddle and Fin Trail Series coming up. Uh, 100% cash payouts, no membership fees, promoting all the anglers. That's their big thing. 
and uh, all of the events will be a lot li- live on the water and no tournament management fees, which is a big thing. Like I saw some, some comments about that, about Bassmaster and you know, you, you do all the math and there's a whole lot of money missing and you don't have to worry about that here. So come fish with us and get all your money back and everybody else's. Yep. Uh, and a lot of those will be all in the Midwest and there's going to be tons of cash and prizes from the uh, sponsors. I mean, they haven't announced a lot of it yet, but there's going to be tons of prizes coming. Uh, it's mostly in the Midwest. There's going to be a big open and a, a clash of clubs on uh, Dale Hollow, like the best time of the year. There, there they are right there. If you're watching live, if you're listening to it, four nine four ten Dale Hollow uh, four eleven is the clash of clubs. So that's like your angler of the years from all the clubs, and you can still sign up. So if you have a club from anywhere in the country, you can sign up from that and bring the best of your club and compete against any of the other clubs in the country. And the rest that's like uh, Wisconsin, you know. Kind Midwest. Of, yeah, Midwest deal. That's why you got you to gotta come to the one that we got down in our corner because yep. you got to have good attendance at this one, and they might bring it back to our corner of the world next year. So That's right. Yeah, besides that, we got some uh, some dugout stuff going on. Shout out to the dugout. Yep. Another episode brought to you by the dugout. Um, the real down deal is still going on. The Legend Extreme Rods, uh, regular price with a free Shimano SLX of your choice. I'm sure the stock's getting smaller and smaller, so you're losing your chance at that one. Um, they've also got the new St. Croix Victory Rods in. We talked about those a little bit last week. Crazy, <laughs> nice-looking rod. Yeah. And then uh, new for this week, they've got the Mega Bass P5 Destroyer rods in, which are they're they're you know it's a four ninety nine price point. It's an extremely extremely nice rod, way outside of my my price range for a good rod. But it's one of those you can look at online. If you go pull them up, you'll just drool over it. It's just a good looking rod. And then they've got the the Mega Bass Levante rods, which are in my nice range. Nice range. Yeah, yeah hundred ninety nine dollar rod. Still sounds ridiculous right. to some, but. Another good looking rod built, you know, it's mega bass. They build everything high quality. Just step it up another level. But yeah, check all that stuff out. Be sure that you uh, either go see them, give them a call, but let them know that you heard about all this stuff on Paddle and Finn from me and Dan. They'll hook you up. There you go. Hey, Bob, if you have any questions or if anybody has any questions about the trail series, I had uh, message Susie Roloff. She can answer any questions you have about that. Uh, because uh, the only one I'm fishing is Dale Hollow. I don't have all the specifics, but she'll be a bit, she will be able to answer them for you. So, and contrary to popular yeah. belief, me and Dan did not have a foot in this one. No, we didn't. We are just the promotion staff. <laughs> and what's up, Frank? Frank out there. But yeah, speaking of it being a dugout episode, we got a dugout angler on. We do. So uh, we do have a third angler who uh, he's having some technical difficulties, but. We got two of the biggest names in the sport right now and have been for a long time. Uh, we'll start with big money here, lunch money. Ryan Lambert oh, hey guys. is on the phone. Uh, with <laughs> I'm the trying most- to get our boy Ewing on here. He's heading over to he's heading over to Lee Rose's house to bum some Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, he's a college kid, man. That's, he said it. I knew that's what it was. He said, man, it's this Wi-Fi at school. I'm sure it's not enough. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie pays the Wi-Fi bill up there, so uh, so Lee Rose going to have that one gig internet or something, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I am with the most beautiful background in the in the, in the the game right there. And uh, former or current reigning Hobie TOC national champion. Grand and champion. If you could just refer to me as grand champion. For grand champion. I'm sorry. 
Uh, we also have Kurt Smith, <laughs> former KBS national champion, which he won more money. So I don't know if he's the real grand champion or you're, you would be. Well, I, I, think, I, I, I think I beat, I think uh, I beat him for this before. trophy, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, well, you know. yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I love it. Okay. How and much did you, here, how much did you win in that national championship, Kurt? Uh, a little over 40,000. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. That's how much I've won in Knoxville in the last five months. No kidding. <laughs> yeah, I swear. <laughs> your deal, dude. <laughs> I was talking right. to somebody about it earlier, Ryan. You're going to have to get out of the state and win some, or Conrad's going to start creeping up and running his mouth too. I don't care, dude. <laughs> I mean, if as long as as long as my bank account stays full of those zeros, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's a number in front of the zeros. Yeah. Do y'all want to go down to uh y'all wanna go down to Gunnersville? I'd be happy to to take some money in Alabama. We got a tournament coming up in a couple weeks. Hey, come come down uh come down Wednesday. I got a hundred dollar bill waiting on you. Wednesday? Yeah. You didn't <laughs> say job, when, you just man. said Gunnersville. I said a tournament. A tournament. Ah. I'll I'll take it though. I'll take that hundred dollar bill. Jimmy, Jimmy has his own business. He goes fishing when he wants to. But here we we do have the young man himself. We're going to sam sandwich him in between two Two sticks oh, there. Mr. Ewing Miner. Let's see if his internet's working up there. Uh, yeah. I had to go to Lee Rose's house. His <laughs> school Wi Fi is just not the best. No. <laughs> Obviously, well, we nobody saw them before. Laughing in the after, but the, the Wi Fi he's got right now versus what he was working with earlier, it's like he looks like a different person. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's not laughing, bro. So Ewing, uh, uh, everybody knows who Ryan and Kurt are. Yeah, Ewing, first time on show. Uh, tell everybody who you are. Um, I'm Ewing Minor. I go to Carson Newman University. I fish here. I mainly do, you know, regular college tournaments out of a bass boat. But Lee Rose asked me if I wanted to go fish at Seminole with them, that I could use one of their kayaks. So since I've fished a few kayak tournaments out of my uh, paddle kayak I decided why not and then I fished the second one and now I'm here. <laughs> there you go. And you got a trip to the top, ain't it? Yeah. He said whoop, okay. His his yeah. next step is buying his own kayak. Hey, I don't know, man. You just keep winning money in loaners. Yeah. Just, that, that'll That's be the way to go. Zero investment. Zero investment. It's only Zero cash investment. I saw I saw a pair you threw up. We got groupie comments. Ewing's got some groupies coming on the podcast. I know. I was going to say, hey, I was about to get him. Be like, what his girlfriend's at? All my groupies are like overweight bald dudes. (laughs) They don't look anything like that. (laughs) That is the sad truth of kayak fishing. (laughs) Man, it's tough tough road out there. (laughs) All right, so I I want to start with this quote right here about this event. Jay Wallen, you know, everybody knows Jay. He said, I've been fishing tournaments for almost 35 years. Been a lot of places and fish under a lot of conditions. I don't believe I've ever experienced a tougher set of conditions and as finick as finick a bass as this event. So, I, I mean, it sounds like this was probably the toughest event anybody has ever fished before. Is, is that kind of how it, I mean, is that how it shaped out? Uh, this ties with Cave Run for me. Yeah, that was a much smaller tournament, though. Yeah, um, I'll answer that. It was awful. 
<laughs> y'all, y'all had a launch delay because of the temperature, right? Uh, we did on Saturday. We didn't on Sunday, and it was just as cold. I was so upset. <laughs> I was freezing to death on Sunday. What what kind of temperatures? I mean, I know it's been winter weather. Nineteen. Ooh, nice. Yeah, almost ran out of digits. It wasn't that bad. Once the sun came up, it was nice and warm. Yeah, it was those first two hours when I had hypothermia. I was really concerned about. Hey, <laughs> then I, I got then I got sunburned. <laughs> Yeah. My first fish that I caught, I had to hold my rod underwater because I couldn't reel. My guides were so frozen. God. Yeah, same. It was 25 here, and I still got sunburned. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> That's oh, I got very sunburned. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll go over the numbers here. Day one, uh, Nick Matthews, he had 88 and a half. Uh, Joby Barry, 81 and a quarter. Keith Freeze, 79 mm-hmm. and three quarter. Ryan, you were in seventh with 74. Kurt, eighth with 73 and three quarter. And Ewing, you had 68 and, and a half. Day two, Ewing, 80 and three quarter. You had the big bag on day two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarek Walker, 79 and three quarter. Kurt, I'm sorry, Ryan, you were in third with 77. And Kurt, I didn't write down what you had because I don't know. I was busy and got out <laughs> rough. But Poor Kurt. Totally <laughs> unprepared. It was sixty something, sixty seven or something like that. It wasn't. It wasn't anything impressive day two. <laughs> but Ryan, Ryan, consistent. Ewing, you had the big bag on day two, and Kurt. I mean, you were consistent too. But they, but it seems like I, I saw your post, Kurt, on day two. Were you really kind of concerned that a lot of people were sandbagging some of those people from day one, and and maybe they just weren't posting up their fish? Oh, absolutely, man. I mean. You know, there wasn't like a huge, huge gap between me and and the guy in the fourth place and fifth place behind me. At least I didn't feel like there was a big enough gap because, you know, if you sandbag, let's say like one 18 inch fish in this tournament, one 18 inch fish could have been a game changer for anybody. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, when I can't remember the last time I was dying for a 12 inch fish. I mean, literally, you know, you're like, God, if I could just catch one more 12, you know, so, so anytime, you know, you got to, and in these tournaments, you just don't know what people are going to do, man. You know, they might not have cell service. They might not have good cell service, or they might just want to wait and drop the bomb on someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I was, I was worried about that all day because I was looking, I was like, wow, I'm still leading. It's like there sitting there, just waiting. And that's a little different for you because you can see it in the kayak tournament, right? Yeah. The boat tournament. Yeah. Because I was sitting there, I couldn't. I didn't think I had near enough. I thought I was going to have to have like ninety inches to move up that far. But because the conditions for me were better on day two than day one going into the tournament. My goal was, you know, just survive on day one. I knew I'd be able to catch them on the second day with the warmer weather. But, I mean, I lost a couple of fish that would have put me up there, but you can't do anything about that. Yeah, you lose. I heard a rumor. Were you fishing right behind our rental house up there in Kingston? Um, I'm pretty sure if, if my Intel is correct, you were fishing like literally the <laughs> slough, like I, our house was on the water. There's like three mm-hmm. barns right there. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you were in that slough by our rental house. I was like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> There's two places that I fished. Um, 
wherever you were at the end of day two, because Eric Thomason came in there. He's like, I'm pretty sure I see that redheaded kid right here. <laughs> and I was like, huh, <laughs> would you look at that? <laughs> here, I can, I can look. I mean, I'll see where it was. <laughs> you got to watch it. Ryan's got eyes everywhere. Were, were there yingling <laughs> bottles floating in the water around you? Because that's how you know if you were close to my real house. <laughs> Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. <laughs> well, here I'll, I'll give the overall number. So Ryan, obviously first one fifty one, Ewing one forty nine and a quarter, and Kurt ended up with one forty one and three quarters. So still, I mean, that that's it. Sounds like for the conditions, those were still, you know. I mean, uh, oh yeah, those numbers. It's obviously a tough, tough tournament all around. A limit, yeah. a limit goes a long way. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I said it before, like, I don't feel like if, if I think back on the catches, I did not, I don't feel like I won a tournament, like catching 12, 12, 13 inch fish. That does not feel like winning anything. Uh, that 19 inch fish felt like winning something, but the rest of those was just like, it felt like I was struggling the entire time. And was I, that 19 a big fish of the tournament? No, 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 no. There were some, there were some nice fish caught. Uh, like day one, if you looked at the leaderboard in the first hour, there was like 20 inch smallmouth, 20 inch largemouth, 21 and a half. Like there were some big fish caught, but there weren't multiple big fish caught. Yeah. Um, back to your question. I was fishing in Smith Creek, uh, Long Island boat dock. Yeah. Yep. Is that? That's it. Yeah. Good job. That's awesome. It would have been even better if you could have got, I mean, congrats on second, but if somehow you could have edged Ryan out behind him. <laughs> like, uh, man, you went all the way over there. Fish are right here. Boy. Oh, boy. That's hilarious. Well, uh, if, if anybody has any questions for us, guys. Please let us know. Put them in the comments, and and we'll we'll be happy to ask them. Ryan's got something going on with like Knoxville. There's, he's he must be paying someone, and they're bringing him fish. No, dog, they're paying me. <laughs> <laughs> they're paying me. I got a key to the city. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks said, "Come back." They're waiting on me. They're ready. <laughs> well, let's. We we were talking about how bad it is. So let's get into really how bad it is and talk about the days um you know go into day one because i know after day one you know everybody's mindset changed so um kurt if you want to start tell me about day one uh right off the bat i was catching fish so and i had my limit with i mean i don't even know maybe the first two hours i had my limit so that took a lot of pressure off me, and then I kind of just sat back and tried to try to figure out where the bigger fish were, but there just weren't any bigger fish where I was. I was just happy that I was just happy that there was fish that were biting, that were black bass, and not a muskie, and not a drum, and not a catfish. I mean, pre-fishing it was dismal, but for black bass, I had a gr- I was actually having a great time fishing because I was catching all types of fish, 
it was yeah. just like river fishing back home. You know, I was just catching all this crazy stuff and I was really having a good time. A couple of times I had to like pull myself away from what, from catching drum and catching this perch. I was on a perch bite, you know, for like three hours. I had to like stop fishing for perch to go try to figure out something. Limit, you know, honestly. You're having so much fun and then it kicks in and you're like, God, but I still don't have, you know, why I'm here. I don't have it figured out. Yeah. Day three of pre-fishing, I'm thinking, you know, I've caught one black bass. Hmm. Ah, maybe I should go back there and try to figure them out and throw this little swim bait that they might bite on. I mean, that's yeah. my, my thought process. So, uh, what, what, did, you know. Well, what kind of water temps did y'all have, like water conditions and uh, like how did you end up catching them? Uh, I mean, my water temp was like 42 degrees and I caught all my fish, but one that went in the tournament on a small two and a half inch swim bait, one of the cheapest swim baits you can buy from Bass Pro Shops. They're a little, sh- they're a little sexy shad, or I don't even know what they call it. Sassy shad, I think. They called. make two and a half inch swim baits. They call it a three inch, but it's a two and a half. <laughs> but you bait. measured it. Kurt said, I, I know that's not three inches. I did measure it. <laughs> got the tape measure. I'm seeing three inches. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering who was coming in with that joke. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Were you just. Yeah. Uh, you slow rolling or how are you jigging it or how are you using it? It was just like winter bass, uh, white bass fishing back home, man. It was reel it, pause it, let it hit the bottom, reel it, pause it, let it hit the bottom, reel it, pause it, man. And it was, it two was days. for two days. Ooh. And the spot I was in was 30 by 30. It was in between two boat docks at the end of a Creek. And it was the last wow. impression before these spawning flats that were on either side of the docks and underneath the docks, the docks were actually in shallow water. That's small, huh? This is why oh, yeah. it was the same three casts over and over. It was one over here, one there, one there, one there, one there. <laughs> this is why you boy right here. I, I, I rotate around and change direction a couple times. <laughs> I, you might my not know span's it, not that good. So that little swim bait you're throwing in this part of the country, East Tennessee, that's actually a very well-known thing, and a lot of money has been won on it, exactly yeah. how you were fishing it. Really? I had no idea, man. Yeah. Nobody told me that either. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally had that left over in my kayak in the very bottom of my uh, tackle bin, uh, in my front bin on the kayak, left over from fishing the river before coming out. I didn't like plan on fishing those. Because normally when I come down here, I, I fish three inch swim baits, true three inch yeah. swim baits, you know, and, and I got like two or three different favorite ones that I throw. But I wasn't getting bit on those at all. It was just that one little swim bait, and it had to be fished that exact way, and that was the only way I could get bit. That's crazy. I, I, you know, hats off, Bubba. I could not. My attention span, you know, like the ninth time I made that cast, I'd have been done with it. I'd been like, all right. <laughs> There's some juice right there. Hashtag juice. <laughs> wow. Hey, Ewan, how was your day one? Um, I mean – how you were talking about water temps. I fished everything from 40 all the way up to 52 degree water. 52. Um, 52. I didn't catch any fish in 52. I called them in 49, but the 52 was just too shallow. It was, there was another slough that I went to and in the back of it, where the ramp was, that's where, that's where that warm water was. But I think it was just too shallow. They weren't that far back yet. 
on day one, I started off and, you know, I caught like a 13 incher or something. And I was like, okay, good to get the ball rolling. And then I get up to this dock and I throw off the corner post, throw my lipless across it. Oh, hold up. What was that comment? Oh, that, somebody was asking if, if, um, I, I didn't mean to put that up right then, but does this doing well in this event make you want to fish the other Hobie events now, since you did like now you could be in the running for AOY or things like that. I'll, I'll I mean, tell you, you this. You might when actually have to get a kayak, but when I pulled up my, my phone to look at the map to see where I was, the map was already on Hartwell. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah. Watch out. Um, I mean, you, you are yeah. about to go to Oklahoma. You could swing by Broken Bow, and that'd be that'd be a whole lot to fish a national championship in the next day. Fish a kayak tournament. That's how legends are made, son. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> You're young. Come on. You, well, you, you be got like the voice of reason, and then like the you know just go for it. And that's I mean, you remember. don't win by sitting on the couch, or I would have skipped this freaking frigid tournament up here when I didn't even get to pre-fish. <laughs> okay, Ryan, are you going to be down there? Uh, no. No? <laughs> I'll I'll not I, but you're already going to be in Oklahoma. Yeah, but we're already taking a boat down there, and then you got to get a kayak down there. I've got to drive separate then. No, put it in the boat. That happens all the time. <laughs> a, lot of guys, a lot of guys pre-fish that way. <laughs> uh, well, finish, finish that day one so that corner dock post it's actually ended up being pretty important on day two but i hooked a fish just off the corner just i was taking a lipless crankbait and almost dragging it like a jig just really slow and um i hooked a fish I wasn't sure if it was a catfish or what it was staying down i got my net ready just in case as soon as i see it comes up and it just shakes its head once or twice lipless comes out of its mouth and that was probably about an 18 incher but i kept that spot in mind and it was getting close to close to about 12 and i had never fished that area in my life i just thought it looked good on the map decided to start there let the other fish warm up a little and on my way back to the ramp i caught a like a 12 inch or a 12 and a quarter or something and i took out and i went to that other spot which is it's a teeny little slough. Like, I, the area I was fishing was probably 50 yards wide and maybe 150 yards long in that one. But I didn't end up going back to it in day two because, you know, when I was when I was at the first spot, I was sitting there thinking, okay, it's almost 12 o'clock. I need to move if I'm going to move now. But when I get to the second second spot, I'm like. Oh wait, we're fishing till five. Now I'm stuck here for the rest of the day. <laughs> so I sat there and I did laps the entire time. And I'd I'd go down the bank, throw a lipless just on a muddy bank, and I caught I caught like a I forget what it was, like a sixteen and three quarter on that bank. And then it was really slow. I was expecting it to be a lot better because when I came down there before uh, before practice even started, I went in there at the mouth of it. I caught a five pounder and I went in there, caught two threes. I picked up a spinner bait, and caught two, like 14, 15 inches. And I was like, all right, I should probably get out of here. I know the tournament's a long, long ways away, but that's pretty promising. 
So I, and I saw the ramp in the back of it. And it's like, yeah, I should probably fish this. And I was expecting it to be like that. But all the fish I was catching were 12, 12 and a quarter, 13 inches. And I think I ended up catching seven keepers that day. Just, I guess, five of them were out of that little creek, just sitting there doing circles. And here, let me find out, figure out what his name is. I can't remember. I'm bad at names. You don't have to give it away in case there's another tournament there. I don't want you to know. You may have to nickel and dime another one Uh, out there. Steven Sisto, he's from, I think, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Yeah. He was fishing in there, and I had talked to him while we were in there, and he messaged me and asked me if I was planning on going back. And on day two, uh, he either had two or three fish, but he said he lost like a – he probably doesn't want me talking about this, but he said he lost like a seven-pounder right at the boat. <laughs> That's crazy, there's, man. There's some big fish in that area. But, no, then come day two, I was you – know, I looked at the map, and I – decided I was going to start in that spot that I started the day before because looking at it, it was fishing a lot tougher than I thought. That starting place was a lot better than where I ended up. So, and at least there is more room to expand. And then I had a second place in mind that I might move to. So I started in there and it was almost too cold to fish for like the first hour. I was fishing a jerk bait and like three times a cast, I'd have to dump my rod down in the water and thaw it out. And I caught like a 18 something, I think, like a, either a 17 something or an 18 something. I can't really remember how big it was, but off that same corner post of that dock on a jerk bait this time, since the water level came up and it pushed clean water from the main river, which was actually colder, that water ended up being like. 41 when I got in there, but I decided to throw a jerk bait. Just anytime it's pre spawn and I can throw a jerk bait, I'm going to do it. I did it at Seminole. I did it here. It's, you know, it's done good for me. Uh, but then I threw right back to that post and I caught a 12 and a quarter, a 12 and a half, and threw back again and caught a 15 incher. Same. You really liked your corner post. Uh, there was a little. They had sunk like brush and had crappy stakes put in. I don't know if y'all know what crappy stakes are. It's yeah. big on tennis. <laughs> we're, we're in Alabama. We're, we're not that far. Yeah. I don't uh, think anybody down here crappie fishes on actual natural cover anymore. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. I, I just kept fishing around and, you know, I found a few new things that between looking at live scope and just randomly falling upon stuff, the biggest fish. I caught, I was actually going to a point and, and I get about halfway there and I just see a little stick up about six inches under the water. Then I look on live scope and there's about three of them down there. And then there's a bunch of, um, bunch of Christmas trees sunk down in between them. That's where I caught that big one. But I actually ended up having a crappy boat come up there and they were so close. They were looking, they said, man, you can really see those trees on that live scope. <laughs> and then they asked me if there were crappy down there. And I was like, yeah, there's there's a little school of them. And they went up and dropped the marker buoy on it and started fishing it. Oh. Yeah, that's right. oh, 11 keepers on day two, but most of them were just over 12. I kept measuring them, hoping they'd help me a quarter inch, but it never happened. 
Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Of course. Okay. Lambert had to slide in at the last minute and just <laughs> take that first place from me. Sorry, man. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you, Ryan? You deserved it. <laughs> I uh I I I don't know, man. I I didn't really look forward to this tournament at all. I saw the cold front. I decided I was not gonna pre-fish. Um I went up Friday and thought that I might go look at the lake Friday morning, but I ended up having to work all day. So I had like an hour and a half before cutoff and I went down and looked at one slough and it was full of bait and I saw like dead, dead shad everywhere. And I was like, nah, I'm not I'm not fishing the lake. So Eric Thomason from Knoxville, he said, you know, neither one of us are on anything. Um, let's just, let's do a river float. And I said, all right, man, cool. Just drop me a pin for the ramp. And I went and met him at the ramp and we started floating. I had no idea where I was. I didn't look at the map. Um, we were just, you know, river fishing, just beating the banks, throwing moving baits, trying to find fish. He missed a fish on like this big man-made I don't know what it was like a barge docking place back in the day for Oak Ridge national lab. Um, he, he went on down past it and I was like, man, he missed one on a moving bait. Let me get the old Ned rig out and see what's up here. So I threw in and caught a fish near the bank and I, I got to feeling around. I didn't, I didn't turn my graph on. Uh, I got to feeling the bottom. And I was like, there's something here. I don't know if it's grass or what, well, I caught another fish like 20 yards out from the bank. And I was like, man, this, this may be where they're holding. Cause I didn't get any other bites near the, near the bank. So I found like this 30 yard circle of grass, just dragging a Ned rig through it. And I caught like, I don't know, 12 fish on day one in, in an hour and 15 minutes or so. So I had my limit. I called a couple of times. Some of them were short fish. Uh, and I said, you know, I'm going to leave this alone. I really think 10 fish will probably cash a cash a check in this tournament. So I left it and I floated like nine more miles of river and didn't get bit the whole, the whole rest of the float. Uh, that was, that was kind of, I, it made me nervous. I didn't feel like I had enough on day one to be able to break the top three on day two. Uh, and that was my goal. That's, I told everybody, I was like, if I can get in the top five tomorrow, I'll be, I'll be pretty happy. Um, but yeah, I tried to manage those fish. You've got, 88 and you've got 74 and you're worried about getting locked into that whole float and, You've yeah, well, little spot. I, yeah. when you're watching somebody put up nearly 90 inches of fish, like 74 is not a good number to to try to stick with. So I was like, man, maybe I left that too early. Maybe, you know, did I did I just knock myself out of having a chance? But, you know, ifs and buts. So I just I finished out the float. I didn't catch anything else. I didn't even have a bite. Uh, but I knew where those fish were. So my day two plan was just single launch access, go down two miles to the spot and and just you know, I'm really good at being stubborn. So I was like, I'm just going to, I'm going to sit on this grass and I'm going to work it all day long. And, uh, that's, that's what ended up happening. I got down there, you know, and, and worked the grass all day. I started with a Ned rig and had one bite. And then I switched to Kurt Smith's favorite little setup. I throw a big TRD in the deal, uh, with a, you know, light, light, Love that uh, tungsten weight. 
uh, without it's not pegged or anything. I like it because you can pop the line and that elastic floats and it'll make it dart back down into the grass and look like a bait fish. And uh, I caught a couple fish on that and they stopped biting and I was sitting on four fish for most of the day and I'm watching, I call him Edwin. Uh, I was watching Edwin <laughs> just at the top of the leaderboard untouched all day long. Kurt moved up in front of me and I was like, man, come on now. So <laughs> I, I've, in my head, I'm like, you have to do something like you have to make a move to, to try to rectify the situation. So I messaged Kurt and I was like, Hey old man, I'm about to slide down here and call real quick. And he said, so he's like, you better make sure it's, you know, over 11 and three quarters or something like that. <laughs> so, so I, I, I thought I was going to go down. There's another like pump station or some man-made structure into the, into the bluff wall riverbank. I thought I was going to go down there and pluck one fish off with a Ned rig. I got down there and a perch bit my Ned rig and I set the hook so hard it killed that fish. Literally. I mean, it was my fifth fish. I just freaking laid on it. I pulled drag on a perch setting the hook is how hard I set the hook. I took it off the hook and put it back in the water and it just turned belly up. And I was like, dang, my bad. Cause like I was really excited. <laughs> I the best thing you can do at that point is eat him. You know, well, you just... I wasn't hungry at that time. So I just I left him there in the water, but uh, <laughs> I started making my way back up to my spot my little grass spot. And I, I looked, I'm doing the math. I'm like, you know, Ewing's 19, 19 inches in front of me. Like if I want a shot at him, I got to catch a big fish. So there was this, this real junky looking eddy uh, behind, like it was almost a cave in a bluff wall current break. And there was like a film over the top of it. It, it just, it looked awful. So I threw in it four times. And then the last cast on the fifth time, I hadn't gotten bit and I was like, I'm out of here. So I start turning my boat back out into the current and I'm drifting down. I'm reeling that chatterbait in real fast. And that, that 19 inch largemouth came out and just choked the chatterbait. I mean, all the way to the back, I got it in the net and I picked it up and I realized like, this is probably exactly what I needed. I put it on the board. It was 19 inches on the nose, which put me a quarter inch back <laughs> on Ewing. And I was like, there's no freaking way I'm letting this kid come down here and just roll us in the dirt like there's no way i'm gonna let him win this so so i had i had about 40 minutes left and i just kicked as hard as i could got back up to my grass spot i always look at my phone when i'm fishing i'm always playing on facebook or whatever well lee rose had posted a screenshot at a leaderboard with ewing at the top and i i like screenshotted it and i said watch this <laughs> forecast later i made a two inch call and then i sent her a screenshot of the leaderboard and she said you did not and i was like oh yeah i told you i told you <laughs> don't worry I'm, I'm coming for you that's fine buddy i love it and the Just more trash talk the quicker i get out of bed in the morning wait for the toc <laughs> i'm getting you on that one i will be waiting son don't worry <laughs> i'm just gonna go ahead and start opening up bids on this <laughs> if anybody wants to put bets on this, just Let's shoot go. me a message on Facebook. Let's go. What if if you're fishing in the grass? What kind of net head are you using? I always I always throw the same. I like the the tungsten neds with like the real hook on them and a weed guard. That's all I ever. That's all I ever throw. Okay. Nice. Cool. And I don't know why they quit biting it on day two, but. The Texas rig did better on day two for some reason. I don't I don't know why, but I had to bust out a chatterbait to catch all my fish on day two. Once that wind started blowing, that's that's all they wanted was the the jackhammer. They wouldn't eat anything slow. When you were yeah. throwing the Texas rig, were you still throwing the same 
same worm that you were throwing on your, your mm. net? No, I was catching them on a green pumpkin regular, you know, little little baby TRD uh, on the net, and then I, I switched to the big TRD in the deal uh, on the Texas Red. That's how I always do. I don't know why. I don't. I'm broken. <laughs> hey, it's not broken if it works, man. <laughs> so that, when that wind picked up towards the end, I was like, yeah, if I can't catch another one, this probably isn't going to hold. These fish are going to start biting. You scared me when we were sitting there at, you know, we, we had to pre-record the awards because mm. they, the Wi-Fi wasn't great there at the hotel. And he tells me this story and he's like, yeah, I was looking at the leaderboard and I was like, man, I know I'm going to have to call now to win this thing. And then he stopped and he didn't finish the story. So like the whole thing, like I'm sweating all like, the whole time. I'm like, fade. did I win? Like, I don't Well, we all have on masks. Like, I don't even know if he's smiling under there. I'm like, I can't tell. Like he just stopped the story. Like at the good part and didn't tell me if he called or not. He just stopped the story and hit Ryan with a. Made, made my heart rate get up a little bit. I love it. That's great, I like that somebody gave you some. Gave you a little bit of a challenge, man. Buddy, that was that I, the the conditions gave us a challenge. That was that was it. It wasn't. I mean, you know, just surviving that one. I feel like was was a big accomplishment. That's what that sound. The whole thing sounds like it was more of a, a survival situation than a than a regular tournament. It was just give me what Josh you got. Counts. Do y'all know Josh counts? He's from down, uh, he's a Tennessee guy, but you know, now lives down South uh, Florida, but he pulled a guy out of the lake. A dude fell in the water. He pulled him out of the lake, took him to the bank, built a fire and gave him dry clothes out of his kayak. Like he legit saved a dude's life on Saturday during the tournament. Like that's, it was, oh, it was dangerous out there for sure. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we had him on for a, a the Seminole pre-show. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, man, I don't yeah, know why I, you I didn't either. Last night, that yeah, that's that crazy. Well, yeah, bring in the news, boys. Bring in the news. I got you. Someone's alive. This is lunch money with your five o'clock update. So, if y'all thought that that was tough fishing, you should come to Central Virginia at almost any time of the year and see how tough it really is up there. What's I'm in Central Virginia? Not much. All right. I've been to Lynchburg. I fished the James River up there. Uh, that's that's my only Virginia experience for the most the part. The James is – are you talking about smallmouth sections? Smallmouth and musky. I caught my first musky yeah. up there on a Ned rig. It was awesome. There's tons of fish in the James. Oh, yeah. Big fish. Chase Tanner wears it out up there. Oh, yeah. These, I fish a tributary to the James and catch – I've I've had days where I catch a hundred inches of smallmouth per fire. Oh yeah, for sure. I've got days on Gunnersville where I catch a hundred and two inches of smallmouth on five. Those days are about to start here in about uh, a week and a half. Yeah, I've just been waiting to see Ryan post a picture so I know. All right, it's time close, to go. man. It's so close. <laughs> at the end, at, at the end of every show, we talk about you know tournaments that have done you know all the tournament winners from around the country. And I'll, I'll actually go ahead and say this one because you're talking about tough tournaments. The toughest tournament I've ever seen since I've been doing this show. You ready? It was uh, Carolina Kayak Anglers on Sharon Harris. There was 66 anglers. And this is a five limit, you know, five fish limit tournament. Out of all the people as 66 anglers, only six people caught 
66 people. Six people caught one fish. Oh. Mm. What was the big fish? 20 and three quarter. Oh, at least he was a good one. Yeah. Henry, Henry Vegan. 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 Something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that guy. And Chris Drogian. Draga. 20 and a quarter. And then Richard Van Meter got third with 90 and three quarter. Six, people, six people out of 66 caught one fish out of a five fish limit. We had a tournament on Rocky Mountain PFA Ooh. down in North Georgia, which is a donkey factory, but it it's real temperamental. They went down there. I didn't even fish this one because I don't like fishing in that weather, but I think it was like 30 or 40 guys went down there and there was a shad kill. It got so cold. Zero fish were caught. They determined the winners by blind draw. That was Shane, Shane Williams, uh, his only oh. tournament win. Yeah. <laughs> what a way to throw somebody <laughs> under the bus. <laughs> yeah. Straight cutthroat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Steve's told us the story about that one before. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tell us that. that does suck. Like- since y'all were talking about people just measuring one fish, did, did anyone look at the leaderboard after day one and scroll down towards the bottom and see how many people caught just one, like 20, 21, 18, 19 inches? Yep, there were big fish caught, but not. it doesn't yeah. seem like anybody could put together a stringer of the big fish. That's when all those people need to like confer and be like, yeah, we'll split it. <laughs> Everybody put together one limit. That's right. <laughs> Brad said to ask Kurt how tough uh, fishing Southwest Ohio is. Well, I didn't want to get in a bragging contest about how crappy. <laughs> Southwest Ohio, if you're talking black bass, is brutal, man. It's really hard fishing. I have a friend that um, he's from West Virginia, but he fishes the Ohio River a lot. And he usually just fishes for walleye or stripe, not stripe walleye or hybrids or sauger or something just there's like one backwater he can actually catch bass in yeah oh, i could yeah. not live somewhere and that's the good bass fishing he's over by the good bass fishing man <laughs> they've, got, they've got a few good lakes there in west virginia but it's it's definitely tougher than virginia y'all just make me feel so much more blessed for where i live right here in front of wheeler lake you know i feel so bad for y'all's terrible fishing we you don't have that here, man. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> like I'm in Central Alabama, and it's okay. Jimmy's Jimmy and Ryan, y'all are up where it's at, man. I'm right between Gunnersville and Chickamauga. I don't think I could pick a better place to live, to be honest. Yeah. With you. <laughs> no way. That's the, that's the perfect place to live. Yeah, y'all are in the Mecca. I'm in like okay. <laughs> yeah, you say you're between Gunnersville and Chickamauga, but where's the love for Nickajack? There's not any. <laughs> if if Nickajack had a if Nickajack had a plug, I would pull it and drain that thing. It's awful. It's a ditch between Chickamauga and Gunnersville. That's kind of mm-hmm. how I feel about Wilson. Between Wheeler and Pickwick, people talk all the crap about Wheeler. They want Wheeler's an amazing fishery. I just feel like Wilson's exactly what you said. It's just the the holding area in between. Nickajack just doesn't have the big bays. It doesn't have the feeder creeks. It doesn't have what it takes to grow the big fish. Right. I love fishing the upper end of Nickajack through downtown Chattanooga. There are some mega bags of smallmouth yeah. uh, in there, but like the lake itself down, I, I live on the lake part down here. And I mean, I fish local bass boat club stuff down here. And I mean, you know, somebody comes in with 16 pounds and their chest is sticking out, son. If you come in with 16 pounds on Chickamauga, you might as well just put it on the trailer and not even get your fish out in the bag because you just got wrecked. 
that's the truth man right there we'll talk about we since we still got some time i want to kind of talk about it because you know obviously chick's known for you know the just giant bags that come out of it you know you hear from a lot of the tennessee folks that watch bars the next late you know the next chick it definitely didn't show out this time due to conditions but do you want to talk about that any or I mean, Ewan can probably speak to that more than anybody. I don't. I fished Watts Bar one time six years ago. I have zero intimate knowledge of it. I'd never want to go back again. Still today, so <laughs> Ewan can take that question. What's it like up there when the fishing's good? Um, I don't know. <laughs> See, all right. So Watts Bar's not the next chick. See ya. So I'm gonna have to pull my sources. <laughs> I have never ventured past where the. I have never gone past where I was fishing on Sunday that I fished between there and Loudon Dam. Gotcha. Usually when I go down there, I put in right below Loudon Dam and I throw top waters up next to the turbine to catch mm-hmm. a big strike. Okay. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. So, <laughs> the sounds rumors fun. are they, you know, they introduced F1 Florida strain there like five or six years ago. Supposedly it, it's a really good grass lake. Um, you know, in the summertime and into the fall frogging, you hear a lot of guys talk about going to Watts bar for frogging. So I think it is on the come up. Uh, they're going to have to not spray all the grass. I think it's going to be a key to kind of keeping that success rolling, but there's some monster smallmouth uh, on that lake too. I think a guy weighed in like an eight and a half pound smallmouth in a tournament there last year. So there, I mean, there are some, there's some good bags. I don't know if it'll be the next chick. I think chick just kind of has like a, a special little trifecta of the things that it takes to, to grow the numbers of bass that it does. But, you know, I mean, there's going to have to be something to take the pressure off Chickamauga because it cannot, it'll be like Gunnersville. You guys saw the downturn of Gunnersville. Like you can't have 600 tournament yeah. boats out there every freaking weekend man like that just that that oh, decimates yeah. the population like I, I know somebody that's there today he came down from you know illinois one of the paddling fan guys and he's on gunnersville for a weekend he's fishing a creek and he's like i can't believe how many boats were there on a monday i'm like dude that's, that's every day crazy. there's not a break on gunnersville it just gets doesn't get to breathe and yeah. how amazing would Gunnersville be if it didn't get hammered every day like that? that? You know, I've talked about it before. I wish that we had some of the, the fishing game practices and regulations that some of the other states have or, you know, like how they reach out to the anglers to help them collect data and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's all built around tourism. If the lake's good, it all comes there. If the lake's going downhill, you're going to lose it. You would think that they would want to put a little money towards making sure that they're going to keep making more money, but you just don't see it. Well, it's a like double edged sword though. You know, like you, you see it on Kentucky Lake, like right now, those little towns around Kentucky Lake, the only reason they exist, the only reason they can keep the lights on is because of fishing tournaments. So yeah. now that their population of fish is just dwindled to next to nothing, all these big tournaments have pulled out and, and rightfully so. I mean, it sucks as an angler to travel that far and spend that much money for just a terrible experience, but I mean, it's crushing those towns. So if they stop having the tournaments or they cut back on the tournaments, it's going to hurt the local businesses and stuff. And I agree there should be a balance somewhere, but I don't know where that line is. So yeah, there yeah. Were 300 boats and on the rail trap tournament. You'll stay on great. <laughs> and that great. was just one guarantee you. There were like three other events going on. 
easily. That's one tournament I'll never enter. I hate anything with treble hooks on it. So you'll never catch me in a rattle trap tournament. I promise. I like treble hook top water. I do not like rattle traps anymore. It's just not. Patrick's asked, "What's uh, everybody's next event, and what event are you looking forward to uh, on your schedule this year? What's that one event that you're really looking forward to?" Let's go, Kurt. Let's hear it. Um, next event is Dale Hollow for me. It's a local Kentucky event, man. I love Dale Hollow. I got a little bit of history down there, and I'm really looking forward to that. Um, as far as uh, the tournament I'm looking forward to the most, man, is TOC now. Yes, sir. Three years, you, three years in a row. You made it first year too, didn't you? No, I did not, man. That really. Oh, sorry. Life. I didn't know. I didn't know it was a sore spot. My bad. Yeah, you knew. Man, it's all going to be erased after this year. Yep, that's right. That's right. Did you get a check at Seminole, Kurt? I sure did. Yeah. Yeah, two in a row. Congrats, man. Thanks. Dude, Kurt, Kurt and Ewing are they're in the they're in the AOY conversation for sure out of the gate for sure. That's that's awesome. Yeah. What about what about you, Ewan? What's your what you got next? And um, first off, what a, kayak are you buying? When are you buying it? Then what tournament are you fishing? Um, obviously going to be from the dugout. He's wearing a he's got the the swag. Yeah. Lee Rose ain't gonna let him buy one from anywhere else. He doesn't have a choice on that. <laughs> If Lee Rose wants to pop in. Of course she does. <laughs> Gosh. Um, well, as far as kayak tournaments, I'm looking at Hartwell and Susky. So, I both of those, if I can fish, fish both, I will. But you know, hopefully I can at least make it to one of the two. See yeah. how it goes. Definitely need to fish three, though, for the AOI race. And which one are you – what's your – your tournament you're looking forward to the most Hartwell or TOC Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal, develop high quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know, our products are built right and stand up to everyday use who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors. Log on and shop 24 seven, with super fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. Um, probably TOC. That's I've heard a lot about you follow. Yeah, you, I mean, just the TOC experience, the tournament itself. Like it doesn't matter where the fishery is. Like the way Hobie just rolls out the red carpet. I mean, you get these big gift bags and catered meals, and it's just. Oh. I mean, it's an experience like no other. Catered meals. Yeah. Yeah, we my buddy from Knoxville. You probably. You probably know this better than I do, but it seemed like I had catered meals when I was when I was down at Seminole staying in the coast. And I've never seen anybody camp like that. That's ridiculous. They had, I mean, crab legs and just, I mean, it was, it was insane. Every night was something different. They had their own, had his own private chef out there on the okay. giant toe behind grill. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I might have used to cater whenever they had before COVID. They used to bring in food, but yeah. Well, we still do just off the books. We we have to go somewhere else to do it. It's the hush hush text messages that go out. Yeah, right. No, I just posted on KBN. Meet up here tonight. Come on, no mask. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, Ryan. How about you, man? Uh, my next one. 
I don't honestly, I don't even know the dates on the schedule. Probably the yeah. on Pickwick. Probably go to <laughs> the what? <laughs> no, Sorry. that's not on the schedule for the rest of my life. Um, Hartwell, uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I want to do, I want to do Hartwell. I want to do, I guess Dardanelle. I'm going to fish it too. Susky is on the list, and then I'm going to do a, a double header in Texas right before the the Bassmaster Classic out there, um, and pick up what is it, Sam Rayburn? That were that the Hobie Sam Rayburn is the weekend before, so. I'm going to try to knock both of those off. But obviously, TOC is, is what I'm looking forward to. That's my only goal for this year. I'm going to hit Pickwick, too. I plan on plan on cashing a little check on Pickwick, so go ahead and write that down. But I want that other TOC trophy over here for this side of the podcast desk. Always my favorite. I mean, Pickwick's my favorite lake, so I'll be out. I love Pickwick. Pickwick, is it's a really good fishery, and you can kind of take your pick – do you want to swing for giant smallmouth or do you want to find some, some really good large mouth up in the grass? I think it's got a, a little bit for everybody. I'm trying to talk a bunch of people into coming down for that one. I'm, I'm, I'm hopefully going to that one, but I like to fish the backwaters, like the really, really skinny moving waters. Yeah. And I just don't know if where I like to go, if the rules with Hobie are going to work out in my favor. Gotcha. So, you, you and Drew Gregory going to be sitting up there next to each other. Probably. <laughs> Some, I guess some little ditch he, running out. Yeah, three inches of clear water. That'll be about all we need. I got you. I got you. <laughs> all right. So, what? One other question from Kaz Anderson here. Hey, Ewing, uh, can you give advice to a young up and coming? <laughs> Chaz. Yes, Old Chaz is out here, boy. I get older. Um, <laughs> get your driver's uh, license. I guess I. Hey, Kaz, come on, come over here. <laughs> Y'all all packed in here. He's, he's, he's the one that sponsored. I don't know why he's asking me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh boy. For I'll real, send you a free pack of Ned Rigs. Same question, though. For real. Answer. I mean, just fish as much as you can. That's whether it's go to a pond and fish or go to a small lake, big lake, and then fishing as many tournaments as you can. Just. The more time I've been on the water, the more you learn. That's right. There's no replacement for it. Yes. What about Ryan? Ryan, Mr. Lunch Money, what, what would your advice be to a young up-and-comer? <laughs> you, you don't want me to give my advice to kids. <laughs> Drink yingling all night. Have as much fun as you can. Like, have as Legally. much fun as you can. Legally. I don't care if it's legal or not. Have as much fun as you can. Get up and go fish the tournament. But these, these, you know, we go out and we hit the road with these guys. Get out and, and go to dinner and get together and enjoy that time. Your tournament may suck. It really might. The only, you know, positive you, you can take home from is hanging out with your buddies. So I, I really, I like that aspect of it. Fishing is secondary. I get lucky every now and then. But, you know, I, I, I like just getting out with my friends and, and, you know, we all kind of share this little common bond, the kayak anglers. We all, we all have a pretty good time. And Dan, me and you, we've done floats together. We didn't know each other from Adam. Like you're like, Hey, I'm coming to town. Like, let's go fish. And, and that's it. Like that's, that's how this stuff works. So that's, that's my deal is meet as many people as you can learn as much as you can from them on the water and make sure and have a good time. Uh, that's can't be said better. That's my favorite thing about this sport. That's why I don't mind paying the money to travel and fish the events as long as you get to hang out and and you always learn something. Like I, I something that sticks in my head is uh, when uh, 
I just can't think of his name. When Russ came down to Del Hollow, you know, you sit and talk for five minutes and you learn something. When you, you listen, you know, open your ears around the guys that are seasoned and good at what they're doing and laugh and drink a whole lot of beer. Nope. Can't beat it. And most of them tell you, like, you know, I, I, I'm not shy about what I'm catching them on or what I'm doing or where I'm at. Like, especially with new people, we in our grassroots club, we'll get a lot of new guys that have never fished before, period. They'll go out and buy a kayak because it's cheap and come out and they don't know what they're doing. I mean, you know, take 20 minutes and lend them a little advice, a little bit of time. You may change their whole life. I mean, as far as that goes, that's that's something that you can give to somebody that, that costs you nothing. So, oh, yeah. Are that you're going to be fishing the same bait in the same area at the same time or like slim to none anyways. Tell me, you know, there's no reason to hide what you're doing. I mean, and, no. and even then, man, I've heard stories. I'm pretty sure it was Jody, you know, like guys having a tough day and Jody had already wrecked them. And, you know, Jody backed out of a spot and was like, here, throw this, throw it over there. You know, I just caught all my fish here. You can have it. But you will not find a bass boat guy scooch on over and let you in. <laughs> No, no, heck no. They'll run that trolling motor dead just doing circles so you can't yep. get in there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and if they, do, if they do let you in there, they might get on plane and run a few donuts over the spot before they do. <laughs> hey, right, so I've got a question for you, Ewing. What does your brother do? I saw some people posting in KBN about your brother's a hammer, blah, blah, blah. What What's what's this guy about? Is, uh, is, is his name Patrick? Uh, no, it's it's Nolan Miner. Uh, he fished all the college bass events, and he fished a few FLWs. And it's kind of funny because second place is a very common thing for him to be in. <laughs> and we're we're very we're we're really good at getting close, but not quite cutting the deal. He had the the Bassmaster College bracket. You all know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, that he got, well, he was leading it on the final day. And then Nick Ratliff in like the final few minutes caught a fish, called him, <laughs> called him right, right in front of him. So then Nick qualified for the, the Bassmaster Classic and got to fish the Oakens paid and all of that. Oh man. That they have. Yeah. I hate to see you carry on a family tradition, but uh, I hope we're in the same scenario um, down on Ufala later this year. I, I will tell you this much. His his final college open event, he did win it. So maybe maybe okay. one day I'll win one. Well, the, and, and you have been extremely successful just walking in the door a month ago into this, into this sport. Like that's, that's, you know, what I tell everybody, Dylan Lowry, my buddy Dylan that stays with me and travels with me everywhere. He can't put together the two day deal yet. And I'm like, dude, you have to, you have to take your licks. Like you're going to get a lot more bad days than you are good days. But eventually and Kurt, you know, Kurt's seen this probably more than any of us have. You get that, you get that little boost of confidence. You get that big win. And then it's, it's, there's not that, there's not that pressure. You don't, you don't, really you know feel like you can't breathe when when you got guys breathing down your neck with that hot breath <laughs> I, I really tried to help dylan at, at seminal he, he he's too stubborn you can't help that boy i i told him i said throw a jerk bait i pulled up the map i said throw it on places like <laughs> and then i even i showed him the exact cadence i was catching him on 
I'm not I'm not sure where he ended up going, but he just kind of disappeared. He probably to the house. He went to the house. I'll tell you yeah. where going. That's the problem. <laughs> That's the problem. That's right. <laughs> oh man. All right, we've been on here an hour. We don't want to take up too much of y'all's time. Uh, we want to give everybody a chance to shout out any sponsors. Anybody makes this easier for you. Ewing, the young man, will start with you first. Um, as always, I'd like to thank Dugout Bait and Tackle and the Cozas. Just it's the whole reason I've gotten into the kayak scene. And um, one of our school sponsors, Seagar uh, Fluorocarbon, we've got a deal that we each get a certain amount of line for the season and that's what i've been using all season and haven't had many problems out of it and the problems that i have had are just to be expected just stuff that's unavoidable i want to try that old label that's a that's some good looking stuff personally red label is my favorite that's what i said man it's honestly it's probably the best line on the market, and you can't even get – you can't beat the price. So I think the guy's name is Brian. It's over, like, the cigar, like, fishing team, whatever. He emailed me today and was like, hey, man, you know, we're going to put you on the cigar team. What kind of line do you use? I was like, I use cigar red label, dog. <laughs> and he's like, well, that's pretty common. You can buy that everywhere. And I was like, yeah, that's why – that's exactly why I use it. I can buy it at the gas station. Like, <laughs> made sense. I started using it just because, you know, it's – I don't think there's – any more affordable fluorocarbon and i tried some more expensive stuff and you know there's some i like some i don't but i really don't notice enough of a difference to go to anything more expensive <laughs> i've been using only invisex since like 2012 invisex is it's yeah. right up there with it um i feel like red Label's a little more abrasion resistant than invisex though maybe i need to give red label another shot because i tried it couple of years ago and yeah. come, I hated it. And then I got on Sunline FD Sniper and I haven't looked back, yeah. but my yeah. God, it's expensive. I will. <laughs> uh, Invisex, I think it has a little less stretch than Red Label because it's a whole lot more sensitive. So if you're fishing something that you really need to feel the bite and that's, that's the way I'd go. Okay. All right. Well, Kurt, how about you, buddy? Man, I'd like to put a big shout out to Hobie, man. Obviously, Hobie's been a longtime sponsor. Uh, Strictly Sailing Kayak, they're getting a big shipment of kayaks in next week. They're getting 50 more kayaks. They got hundreds of kayaks right now. So if you're looking for one, that's a great place to go. Uh, Fishing Online, Torquedo, Catch, Yak Attack, and, of course, St. Croix. And Picasso, man. you made. And I'm sorry, Picasso. Huge shout out to Picasso. I caught all my fish except for one on the Picasso little round jig, man. I just want to say that because you made that you made a great YouTube video the other day on your swim bait, and I actually bought some jig heads because of that. Great video. Go out and check out Kurt's YouTube page. It's, he gives away a lot of juice on there. If you're not subscribed, you are missing out for sure. So check that out. But uh, Ryan, man, it's your turn, man. I would like to thank Z-Man because they caught more fish than Picasso. Oh, man. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, dugout bait and tackle again. The Cozes. Th- I, I want to thank uh, Jamie for paying Lero's Wi-Fi bill so Ewan could be on here with us tonight. <laughs> 
uh, <laughs> Calco's fishing, Plano, Plano. I guess Plano got tired of seeing me with my janky like chrome Plano or Fraybill net on the front. I uh, came home and there's a brand new carbon fiber net laying on the porch this morning. So I think that was a helpful hint to upgrade my net. Uh, and, and, you know, my buddy Steve-O, who, we kind of started this whole kayak deal together up here. AJ for running, you know, for running the best series that we have going right now uh, in kayak fishing and, and Hobie for putting the faith in him and kind of taking the leash off and saying, man, go make this great. And, and for what he's done for the anglers, like it's, it's awesome. It's next level. I, I hope Bass, you know, continues to build on the platform that they have. Uh, but uh, you know, we got a, got a lot of good things going and thanks for everybody being a part of it. You guys too. I mean, just continue to, to grow this, the more eyes we get on it, the better it is for all of us. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, we haven't said it, but good on bass for changing from, Whatever janky lake that was on to possibly Louisville. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. So shout out to them for doing that. Yeah. They're listening, man. They're Luke paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, I, they should have done it before so many people had already made all their reservations. Yeah. Yep. True. Yep. I talked to Dwayne. Uh, I mean, we just had him on on KBN just a, an hour ago. And, and, you know, I told him we can go ahead and start working on that 2022 schedule tomorrow if they yeah. want to try to get out before the year gets here. So. <laughs> Yeah, but no, they're they're making good moves. Like you know, after you saw the payout numbers and stuff like that, I think, you know, hopefully next year you'll see that go two day. I think that's something that it definitely needs to be For like sure. that. I mean, Bassmaster is an elite thing, but I think that is what it needs to be. I mean, I you know, I still think that we'll eventually see a three day. You know, it'll. With I think like, so. Like the I think so. But there's going to have to be non-endemic sponsors. There's going to have to be guys that are literally getting paid to to go fish these tournaments for a living. Paid to show that's up, yeah. that's when if you're going to ask somebody to take a ten event schedule and basically miss ten weeks of work to be able to do it, then there's going to have to be some dollars on the other Somebody's, end of it. Yeah, it's coming. It's, there's only it's two coming. miles down the road from me. I keep going to the knocking on the door, but they don't, won't let me let me in. Like just just to know that it's all coming in is like you you see like even paddle and fin like we I won't mention any of the names or anything but like companies that are completely outside of the industry reaching in finding a way to get in our industry whether it's podcast or you know back in an angler or something like that turn sky vodka I mean that's you know exactly yeah like it's stuff like that and like big name companies are starting to turn their head towards us so it's, right. it's only a matter of time next five years I think it'll happen. Just because it's it's happening so fast already, it. Kurt, will you be retired from kayak fishing in the next five years? Hell no! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> Hell no! I bet you go down to a wheelchair in five years, but. <laughs> I'll help you get in the boat. That's my promise to you. Senior division. If it's really going to happen in five years, I'll be out of college and I'll be ready to go. What are you? What are you going to be? What are you going to be when you grow up, Ewing? I don't know at this point. I, I don't know. know. <laughs> the answer is professional. Uh, that's family. a good answer. That's a good answer. Um, I'm getting a business degree so that uh, you can go about anywhere in the fishing industry with that. Actually, my coach Hunter Sales he he was the one that helped me decide on that that degree. So because I had no clue. I just knew I wanted to do something with fishing. And he said, that's the best route that if you're going to go professional, you got to get the business and marketing degree so that you can help promote for those companies. You can be a professional Instagrammer. Professional. <laughs> it's so weird that that's a thing. 
it, so I mean, cool. it's uh, it is. It can, you can get a TikTok. You get OnlyFans. Who knows? Who knows where your future is going to lead you, man? Oh, sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> We're ending it. I think it needs to be ended on that note. All right, guys. We appreciate y'all be good and good luck this season. I'm sure we'll talk to you again. Oh, right. See you guys. All right. Good. <laughs> all right, here we go. We'll talk about them other tournaments. Uh, we'll leave out that most brutal one of all time. Well, I guess second brutal one to that one up in Tennessee. But we had a Georgia Kayak Fishing League season over on, opener on Lake Sinclair. And again, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your names. Uh, the Mississippi public school systems are terrible. 43 anglers, 56 fish caught. Another terrible tournament. Thomas Yang, 88 and a quarter, first place. Adam Thomas, 84 and a half. Shetsy Heel with uh, 50 inches, and that's terribly mispronounced. I'm sorry, Shetsy. Uh, Nebraska Kayak Anglers, this was a cool one. Their fourth annual uh, kayak anglers on ice, so actually like an ice fishing tournament, but it's like kayak anglers, so I threw it in there. Um, it was five best crappy spots, sockeye, whatever you want to call them, three best bluegill, and one bonus fish, so that could be whatever, I think. Ice hole power was number one. Clearly going to be going for like pike or something. Yeah, yeah, a little bit longer. You need to throw 30-something inches on the board. Yeah, the Ice Hole Power dude won, so he didn't even put in his name. He just said, my name is Ice Hole Power today. Uh, he won with 79 inches. Chad Kennedy was second with – so it wasn't even teams. He just named himself Ice Hole Power. Uh, Chad Kennedy was second, 78 and three-quarter. Third was Zach Wright. I mean, that's great marketing. Zach Wright in third with 78 and a half. Next was my terrible tournament, Iron City Kayak Anglers on Big County Lake. Giants are no fish at all, Three, 36 anglers, two fish limit because it's just a throwdown. Only 10 people caught fish. Uh, Dalton Craig, 45 inches per two fish. He caught a PB, 24 and a half. My boy Chuck Wise with 38 and a quarter, he caught a 23 and a half. It was like eight and a half pounder uh, and Mike. Chichain, uh, nice, really nice guy. Uh, he had 85, he had a, he had 28 and a half. And Lincoln Stewart, he got a former state champion. He had a 22 and a half as well. He got fourth with one fish. It was a big. And Tin Cat, they were on Watts Bar. They had a meetup. It was kind of in conjunction with the Hobie. Um, so some people that didn't sign up, but that was only a three fish limit. Brad Golden, uh, he, you know, Tennessee Hammer, he had 55 inches. Keith Freeze, who was also in the event, the Hobie, um, he had 51 and a quarter. And Jacob Berry, who was did great on day one, he had 51 inches. So congratulations to them. So even though they didn't win the event, they might have cashed a check. I didn't look at that, but they cashed a check in that event. So, you know, it all worked out. Great show. Uh, check out Dugout. And again, check out. If you're thinking about that paddle and fin trail, check that out. If you have any questions, email Susie Roloff, message her on Facebook. But uh, yeah. That's Come on down doing. to Del Hollow and see us. I know a bunch of us are going to be down there. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to fish it. I may just go down there and run a camera. I mean, I'll fish while I'm down there. I just don't know if I'm going to fish the tournament. But I'm the same yeah. way. I, I think I'm going to try to run down there. I'm not going to get to practice. I, I can't take any more time off, but I think I'm going to run down there and just videotape and stuff like that and be a part of the events, but and fish some, but I don't think I'm going to be able to 
actually fish the event. Yeah. I'm, I like just going down there to hang out. It's a beautiful area and I'm sure we'll get a bunch of the Tennessee guys that'll come over if there's nothing, which I I don't think there's anything big anywhere else in the country going on that weekend. So maybe them Tennessee guys will come out again, you know, riser and Russ and Steve-O and all those guys. We can get them out there to show us where them big smallies hide on. Yeah. Hollow. You know, Jay Wallen, Christine, and all them people like that love Dale Hollow are going to come out. And it's like, if you're thinking about it, it's that we talked to the, the guy who run, who owns the resort that we're staying at. It is that perfect. He said, this is the weekend. Like if yep. you're coming, you want to catch that perfect big fish and you're coming to Dale Hollow. This is the weekend of the whole year. You want to be then be there. This is the weekend that we scheduled it. So like, the absolute perfect time to catch that PB smallmouth of your life at Dale Hollow. The where the world record smallmouth is from. This is a time to be there. Eastport Marina. There you go. Yep. Check, Check it, it out. out. So uh, yeah, as always, be safe out there. Wear your PFDs and uh, yeah, be nice to everybody. There you go. A little more, you know, life advice. I'm ended on that. Be good, everybody. All right. <laughs> good night. Thanks for tuning in this week, everybody. The Reel Down was brought to you by the Dugout Bait and Tackle in Marietta, Georgia. They have everything you need for your next fishing adventure from rods, reel, line, and tackle all the way up to Hobie Fishing Kayaks. They carry all your favorite brands like G. Loomis, St. Croix, Shimano, and many, many more, as well as all of our best bait companies. Give them a like and follow and head on over to the Dugout Bait and Tackle today and be sure and tell them that Paddle and Finn sent you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.